Hello, 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 Big D here. It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's time for a Week 18 recap on the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Alex for his weekly contribution, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all the content. You can trash talk Alex about his dolphins. You can trash talk me about my, my uh, jackals, even though both our teams won on Sunday. Also, check out the Big D Podcast on Spotify and Apple. So, joining us for his weekly contribution is the leader for Jalen Water, Offensive Rookie of the Year fan club, and now first in line to be the new Miami Dolphins head coach, Alex. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much, Dylan. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it was a crazy weekend in football, man. You know, Black Monday hit hard for a couple of teams, cup, um, and uh, an absolute insane end of the uh, ending of the regular season. One of the craziest games I've ever seen on Sunday Night Football, and a couple of really good games on the on the main slate as well. But like I said, pleasure to be here. Can't wait to uh, recap this Week 18 and the and the uh, crazy weekend we had. Yeah, when you said when you said. Week nutty is craziest games. Uh, I hope you're mentioning the ending of the 272 game regular season between the Los Angeles Chargers and Las Vegas Raiders because that was the craziest week 17, week 18 season finale I have ever seen. I mean, what didn't happen in that game? I mean, a tie is what didn't happen, but it came came really 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 close to happening and still the uh, fans are happy that game didn't end in a tie yeah the second that field goal went in daniel carlson i mean he's a pittsburgh hero from now on just because i mean i couldn't imagine being a steelers fan watching that overtime game i mean it's just got to be i mean to set the scene you've got two teams who both just need a tie to make it into the playoffs and the pittsburgh steelers just watching from their couch, from the team hotel, wherever, Steelers fans across the world holding their breaths, just praying against a tie, all because of the your Jacksonville Jaguars pulling off the stunning upset of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, it's crazy. I was seeing it all week on Twitter about how, oh, my God, imagine if the Jaguars beat the Colts and the Raiders and Chargers just need a tie to both make the playoffs. They could have a kneel-down fest. You know, and everyone's like, ah, but, you know, the first part about that, the Jaguars got to beat the Colts. And what do you know? You guys took care of business. But, you know, I think a lot of people are rooting for that tie. I think a lot of people might might have been disappointed, A, with either the Chargers or the use of that timeout at the end of the game, or B, with uh, the Raiders just deciding to go for the win. But definitely one of the most exciting and uh, interesting uh, situations and overtime games I've ever seen. So... Here a couple of facts. So, what did you think of how both coaches handled the game? Because to me, Brandon Staley made a couple interesting decisions. He went for a fourth and two early in the third quarter from what his own 18, 19 yard line, mm-hmm. where a lot of where 99% of coaches would have just punted, but even analytically, and yes, the Chargers are an analytically driven team. Brandon Staley gambles for fourth down almost seemingly more than anybody outside Dan Campbell. <laughs> but yet, did you think Brandon Staley 
maybe went too much into analytics and maybe went and maybe went against what made sense, which would have been punting and giving making the Rangers go 65, 70 yards. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely I definitely don't agree with the fourth down decision. I mean, it's a 17-14 ball game. You're down by three points in the third quarter. I mean, you've got plenty, plenty of football left. And just the just the potential opportunity for a momentum, a, a huge momentum switch like that. I mean, at your own 18-yard line, I get you've got a high-powered offense. I mean, you've got Austin Eckler who can get who, I mean, has been a monster all season. You've got two great receivers. You've got a nice young quarterback. I get that you've got a really solid offense. But fourth and one, fourth and two, whatever it was at the Chargers, at at your own 18-yard line in a three-point football game, in a game you need at least some kind of result in to make the playoffs. I just, I mean, I get the confidence. I get the the ambition, the drive, the, the, the strategy that, you know, obviously he gets the call and no one's really, th- I mean, he gets the first down and no one's really talking about it. Obviously, I mean, you fail on that fourth down and uh, it, it becomes a bigger, a bigger thing than it could have been. But I mean, you know, I, I don't agree with the call. I mean, it's a three point game in the third quarter. I mean, I get it if it's if there's five minutes left in the fourth and you don't want to give them the ball back uh, with the opportunity to just run the clock out. But I mean, you've got plenty of football left. And I mean, fortunately for them the Raiders only got a field goal out of that so I mean it could have been it could have been a lot worse for them but I mean you know I definitely don't agree with the Brandon Staley call I mean it's easy to say after he doesn't get it but I mean on your own 18 yard line there's there's got to be a a sort of limit to where uh, you'll push the envelope and I think he uh, I think he pushed a little too hard on that one could he could he have overthought the situation thinking if we get this first down, we keep that Raider offense off the field and have got a chance of tying or taking the lead, maybe getting momentum instead. Yeah, that didn't work out well. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, I mean, I don't know if he overthought it. I mean, I get it. It's fourth and one. I mean, you, 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 every team in the NFL should have a play that can get you one yard when you need it. I mean, Obviously, it doesn't always work out that way or else everyone would be going forward on on fourth and short situations. But I mean, just running it up, running it up the middle, loss of two yards, nine minutes left in the third quarter. It's just just a weird situation. I mean, I get that, you know, you're in a a do or die game. Obviously, you're not playing for a tie, as we saw um, in the overtime session and throughout the entire game. Obviously, they weren't playing for the tie. They wanted to win that football game. But you know, it's just you gotta, you gotta. It's risk versus reward, and given given the other team the ball in in the in their own red in the red zone already on first down. I mean, it's just it, it just yeah. I mean, overthinking or uh, overconfident, you know, whatever it was. I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously they lost by three in overtime, so it definitely. I mean, you punt that ball away and, and make a good stop on on defense with with a lot more field at your back. Could be a completely different situation. The Chargers could be in the playoffs right now. And another interesting decision Stanley made, I know everybody's going to diss him for the timeout with 40 seconds left, but after Justin Herbert threw, what what was it, his 59th fourth down pass oh, in the game? God. Fourth down where, he, where the Chargers got a touchdown, Stanley kicked the extra point. 
to be honest, I was surprised the Chargers didn't go for two. Yeah, I, I I was too. I was really wondering, especially especially when the Raiders' defense had been on the field for what the last hour for what nineteen. What was it? Seventeen. It was either nineteen, 19 plays. plays, and and how much time came off the clock? Like two minutes. Like yeah. that was the longest two minute drive, two minute <laughs> drill I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, nineteen plays, eighty three yards, two minutes and six seconds. I mean, what they picked up one, two three fourth down conversions on that one drive alone i mean it's funny we were talking about the um we we're talking about them going forward on the fourth and one and not getting him getting it i mean if you look at those fourth down conversion stats at the end of the game and you're able to look ahead and see that well then yeah maybe maybe i'm not too surprised but uh that that they would go for it on that fourth down but as far as the timeout call goes i mean there was one or two seconds left on the play clock i mean i really don't I don't fault Brandon Staley for calling that timeout as much as I fault the Chargers defense for not making a stop on the play. I mean, it, Josh Jacobs just kind of manhandled past the Chargers defense for what a 10 yard gain on third and four. I mean, you, you make one stop they're at the, they're at the 40 yard line somewhere around there. I mean, the, the, the chances of them kicking that field goal on fourth down, I mean, yeah, they probably go for it, but it's a lot harder of a field goal to kick than than uh, where they ended up kicking from. So, I mean, yeah, Brandon Staley, you know, a lot of people are questioning him on the timeout. I don't really think the timeout made much of a difference. You just got to make the stop on third down. I mean, that's really what it came down to, in my opinion. Timeout did not affect why whether the Chargers won the game, tied the game, or lost. It was the Chargers inability to stop yeah. the run that tossed exactly. in the game because LA's got the worst run defense in the league. Yep. Josh Jacobs, who's been a fantasy disappointment, if you drafted him, I'm sorry, <laughs> but he finally showed up. He did. And you couldn't make a stop. If you make the stop there, the Raiders are kicking a 60-some-odd, 59, 60-yard field run. I know Daniel Colson is not missed the kick in that stadium. But do you imagine a 60 order where if you miss it, you give Justin Herbert the ball in midfield? Yeah. And true, in that case, maybe the Raiders decide, you know what? We'll take the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, like we both pretty much went over it. I mean, it's it's it really just came down to the Chargers' inability to stop Josh Jacobs. I mean, 132 yards. Obviously, we've seen some good from Josh Jacobs in the past. You know, he's had a rough season. He's had a rocky season. He showed up this week and he took his team to the playoffs. I mean, it's it's you gotta you've got to be able to to compete and uh in all facets of the game. I mean, obviously the Chargers have had a, a really nice season. They they had a bunch of really big wins. They had a couple big losses, unfortunately, for them. And it really, I mean, it's crazy how these seasons, these NFL seasons and these playoff races can come down to literally one play. And that's what happened on Sunday. And how about, uh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Rich, Rich Passaccia, is that how you say mm -hmm. it? Yep. The interim coach who took over when John Gruden, John Gruden left, and now leading the Raiders to the playoffs. I mean, the Raiders have been 
have gone through a world win season with the Gruden situation, Henry Ruggs. I think another player got a DUI the other day. I mean, the yeah. Raiders have gone through a Hollywood script season, and yet they're in the playoffs. I mean, what a job he's done. And whether he gets the full-time gig or not, Passaggio has done yeoman's work with that team. Yeah. I mean, you, you absolutely hit the, hit the nail on the head. I mean, they ended the season on, what, a four-game win streak, beating the Chargers, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Browns. I mean, that's we've been talking about it every single episode for the last couple of weeks about how these – I mean, once December football hits, I mean, these are the games that you've got to be able to step up if you want to make that playoff. I mean, there, there's only seven teams in each conference making the playoffs, and, I mean, that leaves – that leaves a lot uh, more teams than not, not uh, more teams not making it than teams making it. And, um, you know, credit to credit to, uh, you know, the coach's name you just said, who I'm having trouble pronouncing as well. But, um, you know, I mean, he won when it counted. He stepped in for a uh, for a pretty lost Raiders team after the Gruden firing and uh, took him to the playoffs. So, I mean, what? Wh- so I'm, but I'm curious on the other side of the ball, what do, what do you take from Justin Herbert from a, his rookie season B, I mean, how he performed in this finale. I mean, do you think he could have done better? Do you think there was anything he could have done to propel the chargers into the playoffs? Or do you think he pretty much played as best as you can expect from a rookie quarterback? I mean, I mean, for Herbert, Justin Herbert was not the reason why the chargers lost his game. He played really well. The Raiders kicked the crap out of him. I mean, how many times was Max Crosby in the backfield? It seemed like Max Crosby was in the backfield every other step. Yeah. I mean, Herbert was under so much rest. The Raiders kicked the crap out of him, but Herbert just kept firing me. Herbert threw the ball 64 times. That looked like a Big 12 2010 game. Yeah. With how many times he threw the ball. But look at how many fourth down conversions. The Raiders, the uh, Chargers, again, a lot of those were not cheap. They were not like, those converts were not like fourth and inches, fourth and one. They were like right. fourth and nine, fourth and ten. I think there might have been a fourth and 20. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it, those are, and you look at situations like that, and and I, I realized I said Justin Herbert's a rookie. Obviously, yeah, he's in his second year, but still from a young quarterback, my point still stands. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you it's unbelievable how you can go six for seven on fourth down. I mean, and especially when it's down the stretch and still end up losing the game. I agree with you. I mean, Justin Herbert, he's, he's uh, Chargers fans are, are in love with Justin Herbert with good reason. I mean, the man he's, he's balling for them. He's, he's obviously, you know, as a Dolphins fan with the whole Tua versus Herbert thing, it's, it's a little tough for me, but um, I know Chargers fans as disappointed as they are to miss out on the playoffs. They're, they're confident in their team and uh, and they're confident in their quarterback. And I think they uh, they know they've got a good one uh, going forward. But that moves us on. I think we've, uh, it, it, you know, it was a it was a thrilling game. It was one of the craziest ones of the season, which is saying a lot because there's been a lot of crazy games this season. But uh, I think we've touched on that a about as much as we uh we can there's a couple other overtime games this week uh 
I think we should switch it over to Mr. Ben Roethlisberger. We've been talking about the Steelers a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously, Ben, you know, with his retirement uh, most likely looming on the very close horizon, he was watching that that Chargers-Raiders uh, game very closely to make sure that he uh, still had some season left in him. And it looks like he does, you know. They took the, they took care of the Baltimore Ravens 16-13 in overtime, and Big Ben gets to uh, – continue his last season for a little bit more. What did, what did you take from that Steelers-Ravens game? It seems like every Steelers-Ravens game is like, 60, like one or two points. I mean, look at the first game. I think the Steelers won by one point when Baltimore failed on a two-point conversion. But every right. Steelers-Ravens game goes down to the wire. Doesn't matter who's put on the center, where, if it's an Emmett Team Bank stadium or Heinz Field. But the fact that, but A, Steelers fans are thanking the Raiders for winning because now the Steelers, A, are in the playoffs, and B, Big Ben's got at least one more game. Yeah. But um, to be honest, what I thought about this game, uh, I, I'm befuddled. This yeah. game left me befuddled because I'm – I'm amazed the Steelers made the playoffs this year. Yeah. Big Ben just not looking like himself, but and Pittsburgh's rush defense giving up 249 yards to the Ravens, but the Steelers made big Steelers defense made big plays when it mattered. Yeah. He only threw a couple key interceptions and then I think he fumbled. Let me see. Yeah, only fumbled. Mm-hmm. But then I think he, I actually think he, yeah, he fumbled and lost him. And, but the Steelers made just enough plays, and Rob Server made the big play winning man. He threw that key touchdown pass to Chase, Chase Claypool. Right. The Steelers offense is a little weird this year because it's more Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson based. Well, Najee Harris didn't look like himself. I think he had a hand or some kind of an upper, a shoulder injury. So it was more Benny Snell and Najee Harris time split. And uh, for Pittsburgh, yeah, Deontay Johnson got 10 targets. But you know it was Pittsburgh's leading receiver on Sunday? Sunday? Uh, why don't you tell me? Pat Fry, I don't know if I can Fry him, six for fifty three. Wow. Yeah, I mean you've got you've got two really solid receivers over there in Pittsburgh, and I mean Pat Fryman's been having a good season. I mean I remember playing. I remember a couple. I mean uh, maybe halfway through the the fantasy football slash NFL season, I uh, the Steelers were going into a Monday night game, and I was down by or I was up by like eight points or 10 points or 12 points going to going up against him and man broke my heart uh and i think that was a game he ended up catching two touchdowns and gave me a nice little l for that week but um yeah i mean the steelers it's they're i mean i think we all know they're gonna get creamed by uh kansas city you know um unfortunately for ben roethlisberger i, I think he does get one more game, but I think it's just gonna be that one game i would be shocked to see that game even close to be honest with you but, um, you know, it's – I mean, credit to them. I mean, they got to the playoffs. That's more than a lot of teams can say. And, uh, you know, at least – who knows? Maybe Ben's got some magic in him on uh, 
on wildcard weekend, but uh, they definitely have an uphill battle against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who definitely seem to have uh, caught their stride uh, at the end of this season. Yeah, I mean, but the fact Big Ben's got another game ready, and, you know, I mean, if the Jags could beat the Colts as double-digit dogs, you imagine the Steelers shocked the Chiefs? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine because I – really really don't see it happening i mean who knows crazier things have happened obviously you know the jaguars beating the colts and the jaguars beating the bills have happened <laughs> dolphins beat the ravens when no one expected the dolphins to be able to beat anyone so obviously crazy things have happened this season but um the fact that it's in the playoffs and i think i mean obviously obviously big ben's got playoff experience he's got super bowl experience so does Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Patrick Mahomes is in the prime of his career instead of the twilight of his career. But uh, you never know. I mean, that's why they play the games. It's uh, it's the NFL. Anything can happen, and I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, keep tabs on these games this weekend. But we had one more uh, playoff, or I'm sorry, not playoff game, overtime game this weekend that uh, we want to touch on. Uh, the uh, L.A. Rams fall into the San Francisco 49ers. The L.A. Rams have been one of the weirdest teams this year, I feel like, just based on, you know, some games they look unbeatable. And then other games, it's like, you know, we a lot of teams had – a lot of people had this team in the Super Bowl uh, earlier in the season. And now I'm not so sure where they're falling. But what do you think about San Francisco knocking off the Rams in overtime? The San Francisco 49ers just became the most dangerous wildcard team of these players. Wow. That's high praise. Jimmy Garoppolo is one is not a good quarterback, a great quarterback. Also high praise. Debo Samuel is one bad dude in a yeah. good way. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad play. I'm saying right. whether he's running the ball catching the ball or as he did on Sunday throwing the ball throwing the ball Debo Samuel is a versatile player I mean we all remember the Super Bowl where Debo Samuel basic man caught maybe <laughs> threw some passes for the Niners but Debo Samuel is a versatile player that and that touchdown pass he threw in the third quarter, I think it was was a game breaker because it got the after running it after starting third quarter of a key touchdown run really got the Niners going, and then how about Jimmy G coming through with big plays because a lot of people have questioned whether Jimmy G can be the franchise quarterback. Right, proved it on Sunday. Yeah, because he outplayed Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and it really wasn't even that close. I mean, it, Matt Stafford didn't have a terrible game. I mean, he played he played fine, but yeah, I mean, he played a terrible half. I mean, if you saw yeah. the first half, Stafford and the Rams looked like themselves, and in the second half, Stafford was throwing. Well, at least he didn't throw a pick six, but he was throwing interceptions. Yeah, and you, you're Rams, right. Played a, a fine half is definitely a better way to, to phrase that. I mean, obviously, the two picks, he was sacked five times. I mean, it's just, you know, Jimmy G, it's – you, you wonder why 
you start to wonder why Bill Belichick was so upset to uh, trade J- Jimmy G away from New England. And uh, I think Jimmy, I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo really proved this week um, that Bill had a good reason to be upset because I mean, I w- I've been rooting against the San Francisco 49ers all season. Obviously Miami owns their first round draft pick next uh, in this upcoming draft. And uh, so I've been, I've been keeping my eye a little bit on the 49ers, just like I was doing with, um, the uh, Texans last season. And unfortunately for me, I mean, these 49ers, it's, they've gone through injury. It seems like the the 49ers have have to be one of the worst plague teams with injuries in, in the most, in in the past couple of years. I mean, it seems like every running back that comes to the San Francisco 49ers ends up being hurt. All of their running backs end up being hurt throughout the year. I mean, Kittle has been dealing with the injury bug. They've had some quarterback, you know, ins and outs and, and swaps around, swap arounds. I mean, it just seems like the four, the San Francisco 49ers are one of the grittiest teams in the NFL, uh, in my opinion. I mean, just the fact that they've dealt with all of that controversy, all of those injuries that they've had to overcome, and they end up beating the, the LA Rams in the, in the season finale. They're in the playoffs, and they've got a matchup with the Cowboys. I mean, Jimmy G played a great game. Um and uh, he, they've got they've got they definitely have the weapons that uh, that can um, compete with the weapons that Dallas has. It's definitely going to be an interesting game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed in the Rams. I mean, I really it, the, the, that team seems like it has the pieces to really make a run this season. But it just seems like some weeks they really can't put all three phases of their team together to get to be able to get that W. And that definitely could hurt them in this play in these playoffs. And by the way, yes, we we love Matthew Stafford's ability, but you can't be throwing interceptions or pick sixes in January, right? Because if I mean, we've, how many picks has Stafford thrown the last two three weeks? I think he's thrown like seven interceptions the past three weeks. Yeah, I mean, Not I don't good. know the. I don't know the exact number, but it's not what you want to see uh, in crunch time in, in December, January football. Oh, yeah. Now now the story's coming out that Stafford hurt his toe last uh, on Sunday. Yeah, seven interceptions, six touchdowns, seven picks in his last three games. Jeez. Yikes. Yeah, yikes is a good word. I mean, he's got – he might have been uh, in the Detroit Lions organization for a little too long. Hopefully, he's uh, not not holding on to uh, some of that Detroit Lions luck. But I mean, he's they they've definitely they're definitely gonna have to turn some things around. I mean, they've got a matchup with the Cardinals this week this weekend, and uh, you know that that Cardinals defense isn't isn't uh, you don't want to mess with them. I mean, they got JJ Watt back. They've obviously got some really good talent on that defense. Buda Baker is a stud. And obviously, they've got Kyler Murray and, and a couple weapons on that offense, too. So I'm excited for that game. I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch. And uh, we'll, see if, we'll see if Matthew Stafford can keep the, uh, keep the ball in Cooper Cup's hands instead of the uh, defensive back's uh, hands, because that's been working pretty well for him this season. By the way, how many win, playoff wins does Matthew Stafford have? I would have to guess zero. <laughs> considering he spent the majority of his time with the Detroit Lions, I can't 
I can't uh, remember a time where Matthew Stafford has won a playoff game. So. Uh, you would be correct. Zippity do. Uh, yeah. Will that change this weekend or uh, will that stay the same? We will, we will see. Well, unfortunately, uh, my Jackson Jaguars are not the only one of our teams looking for a new head coach. For some inexplicable reason, the Miami Dolphins will leave Brian Flores of his head coaching duties. After going, what was it, 20, 24 and 25 over three seasons with the Dolphins, 19 and 14 over the last, last two, 10 and 6 last year, 9 and 8 this year, the Dolphins are now looking for a head coach. Again. So, when you, so Alex, when you heard the Brian Fluence firing, what were your thoughts? Immediate reaction, I was shocked. Definitely. I mean, I, I don't think anyone saw it coming. I mean, there was uh, whether, I mean, see, I, I have different opinions on this than a lot of people I've seen. Um, people hate this move. Media especially hates this move. Dolphins fans uh, in a, in a pretty strong majority are pretty against it. I immediately, when I heard it was upset, but really, after sitting back and thinking about it, yes, Brian Flores is a great coach. Yes, he has had success in Miami. But there's some bit of hesitation for me over Brian Flores, just because of the fact that, yes, he's done a lot of things really right in Miami, but there's a lot of things that really he needed to get done that he didn't get done I mean he's had four offensive coordinators in three years he's had four offensive line coaches in three years he fired his first offensive line three first offensive line coach this year three days into training camp I mean got rid of Minka Fitzpatrick which there was definitely a butting heads there got rid of Kyle Van Noy which I think would have been a really nice piece to have in that seven game losing streak at the beginning of this season. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, he gave the Miami Dolphins back-to-back winning seasons. Yes. He swept the new England Patriots for the first time in 20 years, but we've also not made the play. I mean, Adam Gase took the Miami Dolphins to the playoffs. We've yes, we've been one game short, but yes, we've been one game short. I mean, it, there's, I'm, I'm at a conflict here because he has proven himself as capable, but not excellent, I would say. I mean, it's, it's a weird situation because if the Miami Dolphins beat the Tennessee Titans and then go on to beat New England like they did, I mean, Brian Flores is having coach of the year. Uh, he's, he's, he's probably a top two or three coach of the year candidate, in my opinion. And the fact that you know, they get blown out 34 to three against the Tennessee Titans. Yes, Tua didn't play very well, but they did not game plan at all for the conditions of that football game. I think that there's potential for the Miami Dolphins to get a really solid replacement. There's a couple names at the very top of my list. And there's a couple names where if they, if they end up uh, hiring those guys, I think Miami Dolphins fans might quickly forget about Brian Flores.
I hate to say it, but the Miami Dolphins will regret the Brian Flores firing. I mean, I, everybody's saying, I've heard people say, Brian Flores is all the war for. Right. Really? 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 Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, would you say would you say Nick Saban's the best with the media or with his te team? And yet Alabama always wins. Would you say Bill Belichick's the friendliest coach? He always wins. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you go you go nineteen and fourteen with Ryan for, for Fitzpatrick, Jacoby Brissett, and two as your quarterbacks. Right in a division. With Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not taking away from what Brian Flores has done in Miami. I mean, but at the end of the day, what has Brian Flores done in Miami? I mean, he's won some games, but he it hasn't really gotten got him anywhere. The offensive line is still garbage. Wait a minute! 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 Was Brian Flores the one who drafted two? No. Was Blind Flores the one who drafted Olsen Jackson? No. Was Blind Flores the one who wanted Justin Herbert over Tua two years ago? Yes. But was Brian Flores the one who put together this coaching staff who was in, uh, completely inept in the first half of the season, led to a seven-game losing streak? I mean, the thing, and the thing of the matter is, Brian, look at Brian Flores' record without Tua, and then look at Brian Flores' record with Tua as a starting quarterback. He, Brian Flores, according to the media, hates Tua, it seems like, because, I mean, they it, it's never really seemed like he's been all in on Tua from the, from the time that Tua was drafted. And his most success came with Tua. It just seems like he's butting heads with with his starting quarterback. I mean, he did, he starting, starting Jacoby Brissett, um, in the, uh, in the, well, what am I, where am I? He started Jacoby Brissett in the Ravens game and then Brissett got hurt. Right. And then Tua came in. I'm, I, I just, I, there's been some questionable decisions. His, I can't, I just can't get over. Yes. He's a great defensive mind and the defense has been great since he's been there, but the, the inefficiency of this offense, Having two uh, two offensive coordinators, that's a Brian Flores call. Having an offensive line coach get fired three days into the training camp, that's a Brian Flores call. I mean, it. I don't think it's as black and white as a lot of people are saying. I mean, I, there's there's a lot of rumblings that a lot of players in the locker room didn't didn't want to play for him. I mean, yes, they obviously. I mean, they they were playing for something because they put on a seven game win streak. But throw it back to the media. The media loves to talk about who who the Miami Dolphins were playing against in that seven game win streak. And I mean, Brian Flores. Exactly. But Brian Flores is a defensive minded coach. I mean, his excellence is, is I mean, he 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 kept a Super Bowl team to three points in the Super Bowl. I mean, the defense should be taking care of those quarterbacks. But look at the offense. Well, and whether that's on Tua or whether that's on offensive game planning, I tell you what, Tua had a terrible game against Tennessee. But going away from Duke Johnson after you give him seven carries in the first half and then nothing in the second half did not help the Miami Dolphins case in that game. I just think that if the Miami Dolphins bring in a guy such as Brian Dable, 
who I suggested the Jaguars should be interviewing because I think you take a you take an offensive mind who has groomed Josh Allen. First of all, as the Miami Dolphins, you take Brian Dable out of Buffalo and away from Josh Allen, and you throw him. And Brian Dable worked with two in, at Alabama. He was he he coached him at Alabama. They won a national championship together, and you have. A, and you hire a really solid defensive coordinator to make sure that that defense doesn't take steps back. I mean, give me Brian Dable, give me Eric Benemi, or give me Doug Peterson. Any of those three guys, Doug Peterson has ties to the Miami Dolphins organization. He's, he's got a really strong relationship with um, Dan Marino and he was, a, a, he was Dan Marino's backup um, in Miami. I mean, he's, obviously won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. I mean, they say that an NFL coach has never won a Super Bowl with two teams, and a lot of Dolphins fans don't want Doug Peterson for that. But you're telling me you don't want a head coach because he won a Super Bowl? That kind of seems like a uh, – a, 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 that doesn't really connect all the dots to me. I'll take a coach who's won a Super Bowl and make, make him be the first to win two Super Bowls. I just – I think that there's potential for the Miami Dolphins to – salvage this situation and even maybe improve on it and that's the only reason why i'm not terribly upset about the brian flores fire i'd say i think your dolphins are, are doomed I, yeah. I i hate to say it you've got a middling quarterback with no stability no no functionality i mean the detroit lions played hard for dan campbell and they went 313 and one yeah. Somebody explain. And by the way, I don't know if you saw the Giant game on Sunday. JoJo Green, the worst QB sneak I've ever seen in my life, seven to nine yeah. from his own four, and yet yeah. he still got he is still employed. But yet Brian Flores is unemployed right now. Yeah, he won't be for long. Some team's going to pick him up. I, I mean, whether it's the Bears, who he's already got an interview scheduled with, I think the Carolina Panthers need to get rid of Matt Ruley. And, and hire Brian Flores because I, I think, think the, I think the Panthers need to get themselves a capable quarterback because Sam yeah. Bruno and Cam Newton have not proven to be capable quarterbacks now. Yeah, but you know it's it, it's at this point we're we're two days into the into the Miami Dolphins offseason. It's going to be a long offseason. It's going to be very interesting. This is not going to be the first of head scratching decisions by the Miami Dolphins. I guarantee it. Um, and, you know, it, firing Brian Flores could be the beginning of a whole new rebuild, which would be a disaster for, my, for the Miami Dolphins. But I, I think that they've got enough pieces as long as they uh, keep that defense intact. And, I mean, obviously, Jalen Waddle's not going anywhere. I mean, Mike Gesicki, you know, he's got – they're going to have to pay him some money if they want him to stay. But you still – I mean – I think you bring back Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson and you draft a, you draft a, a playmaker running back. And I think you might, our, our, the run game might be working towards progress. I mean, there's really nowhere else to go, but up. I mean, I, I think the Dolphins, yes, losing Brian Flores stings because it's, it's starting over in a sense, but I, I do think that there's potential. I think there's potential we're not going to find out for a long time. September is a long way away to see uh, see what what these Dolphins do and uh, whether when it comes to coaching staff and personnel changes. But I think just based on the talent alone that Miami has, 
there's there's opportunity for some potential success or potential failure it really could go either way but i don't think it's i don't think it's one way or the i don't think it's 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 failure and no chance of success i definitely think there's an opportunity for failure there's an opportunity for success and it really just depends on how steven ross and chris greer play their cards yeah this way steven ross would probably get jim hall and just create michigan miami thing well steven ross cares more about michigan than he does about the miami I mean, he, he publicly stated it yesterday. So I think Stephen Ross needs to sell the team. I mean, I think that would be a, a big step towards uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, in, in becoming the franchise that they used to be. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. Okay, so with the playoffs starting this Saturday, it's time to look at uh, – it's time to – revisit and maybe revise our Super Bowl predictions of before the season. Uh, you picked the L.A. Rams and the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And I picked the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So are you changing or staying? I am definitely changing. Um you know, the NFC has been a juggernaut of team has had a juggernaut of teams throughout it all season. I mean, it seems like all the best football has been played in the NFC this season. Um, and which which is leading me to say that the L.A. Rams have a much harder road to the Super Bowl than I think I initially thought. Um, and just the inconsistencies from Matt Stafford, I really don't think they can get it done. Um, as far as the NFC goes, I mean. It's tough, man, because there's really it seems to me that every team in this NFC playoff race is a really solid team and has very high potential, but also has potential to flop. I mean, obviously, you look at the Green Bay Packers, but the Green Bay Packers playoff uh, resume in the last in the most recent years hasn't been the brightest. It seems like they choke in the playoffs every single year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have an injury list longer than my grocery shopping list, which is getting pretty long because I need to go to public pretty soon. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, very talented team, have a little bit of inconsistency issues, I think. So, I mean, if I had to pick one team from the NFC, I think this might be the year the Green Bay Packers finally get off, get over the hump, get back to the Super Bowl. So I do, I am changing from the LA Rams and I have the Green Bay with home Green Bay with home field advantage making it to the Super Bowl out of the NFC for me. AFC. AFC for me is a little bit different. I mean, obviously the Tennessee Titans were uh, you know, I, I mean the Tennessee Titans were my were my preseason pick. Like you said, they finished the AFC with the one seed. I mean, that's not a that's not that's not a bad situation for my prediction to be in. Derrick Henry, obviously on the verge of coming back. How is he going to, how is he going to fare coming back from his injury? I mean, he's missed the majority of the season, but he's also Derrick Henry. I still, I'm going to change up my AFC prediction. I'm going to go with the Kansas city chiefs. I really just think there's too much, there's too much power on that offense. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid know how to win in the playoffs. They know how to get to a super bowl. And I think they're going to do it again. I've got a Kansas city green Bay super bowl this year. Yeah, you're going with the chalk. I knew exactly what you were doing. You're yeah. not fooling me, you poop. <laughs> I, 
I mean, it, the AFC, I just don't see – I don't see the Pittsburgh – I don't see the Steelers getting past Kansas City. I don't see the, the Patriots getting past Buffalo, and Buffalo's been a little inconsistent this year. I think they'll be able to take care of New England, but the game after that, who knows what could come out of Buffalo. And then Vegas and Vegas and Cincinnati. I mean, I think Cincinnati might be the biggest sleeper team in the playoffs. You're talking about the 49ers. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals can turn it on whenever they want, it seems like, with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I think they might be I, – I, I think Cincinnati's more dangerous than – Buffalo, Vegas, New England, or maybe even Tennessee right now. As Martina McBride says, you're wrong again. All right. Love to hear I've it. I've got a completely different Super Bowl than you. All right. I'm ready to hear it. Assuming this next Super Bowl is in L.A., which may or may not happen because right. of the Omicron variant or whatever variant it is, but uh, – do you remember the last Super Bowl? You were not alive for the last Super Bowl in L.A., but what team represented the American Football Conference in Pasadena for Super Bowl Twenty Seven? Super Bowl Twenty Seven. What year was that? 1993. 1993, L.A. Super Bowl, AFC team. I'll give you a hint. Well, that team featured a Hall of Fame quarterback who wore the number 12. I'm going to have to go with Buffalo. All right. Jim the Kelly. Buffalo, I think this is the year the Bills make the Super Bowl. I mean, first off, we've seen the Atlanta Braves win the World Series after a 26-year draft. Last right. night, Georgia won its first national championship in 41 years. I think the Buffalo Bills win, first off, Aaron Rodgers is not the best quarterback in the playoffs. Tom Brady is not the best quarterback in the playoffs. Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the playoffs. Yeah. And secondly, I think the Bills are capable of being the Chiefs. First off, Buffalo not just beat Kansas City in week five, they whooped them. Right. I think the Bills match up well. They can win a high scoring game. Secondly, Devin Singletary is the biggest X factor for the yeah. Bills, because if Devin Singletary running or receiving gives the Bills something different, it means Josh Allen is not throwing the ball 55, 60 times a game. He can dump off of Singletary or just hand him the ball, and the Bills are a different team. And third, the Bills are not scared of playing anyone, anyone. They've gone to England and won. Gone yeah. to Tampa, probably should have won. No. That game going to Nashville probably should have won that game, but the Bills are capable of winning against anyone, any, any team, anywhere, any coach, any quarterback. And we've seen lately these young quarterbacks take the next step. Remember Mahomes playing the AFC Championship game, and then the next year made the Super Bowl. I think this is the year Sean McDermott and Josh Allen take the next step. I know it's a difficult round because mm. they face New England on Saturday night, and then and if they win, Kansas City the week after, and then probably Tennessee or Cincinnati. But I think the Bills match up well with anybody, and I think the Bills win. The, you think the Bills win the Super Bowl? I think the 
Okay. You said I think the Bills win. I was about to say I, I think the I Bills. I think the, the I think the Bills win a Super Bowl. But. I think the Bills. I think the Bills win the AFC. Yeah, I mean it's good points. I mean Devin Singletary's been stepping up. I mean he helped me in our daily fantasy uh, on DraftKings this week. Oh, okay. don't remind me of that. Yeah, you didn't think I was going to bring that one up, but everyone, I had a nice little butt whooping of Dylan this week in our daily. Uh, in our uh, week 18 slate of DraftKings. But, you know, I'll, I won't get too far into that. Thank you, Devin Singletary. So it's a great point. I mean, Devin by the, way, by the way, what was the score of that game? It was, uh, let me look, like 170-something, I think, to like 130-something. 113-114 wasn't even close. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't even close. I was, where's my, 173-114. to 114. Woo. Yeah, Joe Burrow couldn't play, so he couldn't bail you out again. I know, I know. I mean, I, I didn't need I, – I mean, I knew he wasn't playing, and uh, it's not letting me bring up my lineup for some reason. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Devin Singletary, and I sold 25 points. Well, you had him, too, on, in your flex, but uh, they – St. Brown play, the Darnell Mooney play, the Tyler Higby play, the Rashad Penny play. I mean, I, my boys went off this week. But, my I mean, back to, back to Devin Singletary. I mean, I think you make a great point about about um, uh, the Buffalo Bills and ha- actually having a run game this year because that's been some of the problems they've been having was, you know, Matt Burita had a couple of games where he stepped up and, and, and took, the, took the lead from the backfield. Obviously, they've had Zach Moss in the rotation throughout the year, but Devin Singletary, I think, has always been the guy. He just hasn't really stepped up throughout the year, but he's really been stepping up lately. And, I mean, I think you make a good point. I think if they have that run game going strong, whether it's a dump-off out, dump off pass from Josh Allen, so Josh Allen doesn't have to be hurtling linebackers anymore, um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, I, I do think I mean Buffalo's got a chance. I'm not putting any money on them to win a Super Bowl because I don't know if the Bill, Buffalo Bills could. I think you could spot the Bills 20 points and they'd find a way to blow the Super Bowl just based on their uh, Super Bowl history. But um, you know, I, I I do think Buffalo's got the second best chance behind Kansas City to make the Super Bowl. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Way, and by the way, in the NFC, yep, I did, but Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist. How many times yeah. have the Packers gotten home field advantage throughout the playoffs? And seemingly each time, they can't win a NFC. They can't win a freaking NFC championship game. Last year, they got the Bucks, the Bucks, yeah. a cold weather team, and lost again. I mean, that's Tom Brady, are, but that's are, also Tom Brady with a room full of healthy receivers. And you and I both know who's winning the NFC this year. It's not the it's not the it's not the Packers. It's not the Bucks. I mean it's probably it's not it's not the Cowboys. Huh? It's not the Cardinals. It's not the 49ers. It's not the Eagles. It's the LA Rams. The LA Rams are gonna win the NFC this year. Book it. You think so? Yes. Yes. I don't. I mean, I thought so at the beginning of the year, but then I watched them play some football. I mean, obviously they've got. I mean, I just is is Daryl Henderson coming back? 
Well, Cam Akers, I'm telling you right now, Cam Akers was a stall last year in the playoffs, and he'll be a stall this year in the playoffs. Nobody can stop him. Nobody stopped Cooper Cup this year. Yeah. And I think Matthew Staff, Matthew Staff is playing on the best team this year. He will get his you-know-what together because this is the best chance he'll have to win not just a playoff game, but multiple playoff games. Sean McVay going to get his guys ready because – They've got. I know LA's road stuff. Good chance they've got. They've got Arizona Monday night. Good chance to face Green Bay or Tampa, and then oh, potentially both of them the next couple of weeks. But the Rams are capable of winning. When the Rams already smoked Tampa in Week Three, and I think the Rams are more than capable going on the road, being in Tampa, being Green Bay. I don't care if it's 15 degrees and frosty. The LA Rams will win the NFC this year. Book it. I mean, I, all I'm going to say to that, Dylan, is do you remember on November 28th, there was a certain uh, football game that was played, a certain uh, L.A. Rams and a certain Green Bay Packers with a Aaron Rodgers on a bum toe? Whatever. And who won that football game, Dylan? The Green Bay Packers did. And I know that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have had problems getting into uh, getting to the Super Bowl. It's, I mean, it's it's been Aaron Rodgers – kryptonite it seems like throughout the the most recent parts of his career however this is a different Aaron Rodgers this is an angry Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers was going to walk away from this team last year and how how better of of a almost a middle finger to the Green Bay ownership that he's been clashing heads with so much would it be to just say you know what you want to you want me to leave you don't want to be able to work with me i'm going to take you to a super bowl i mean it just seems like aaron rodgers doesn't give two f's this season and i i just have a feeling i mean he's been playing he's been playing with this bum toe they've still been winning games he's still been putting up big numbers they've got aj dillon and um aaron jones they've got Devonte adams they've got some studs on defense i mean i think this is the year that aaron rodgers really just says, you know what? I'm done playing games. Everyone's been doubting me. Everyone's been telling me I should retire. Everyone's been telling me I should move on from Green Bay at the very least. This is his time to step up. Green Bay Packers are going to beat the LA Rams or anyone else they have to face. And the Green Bay Packers are going to the Super Bowl. Book it. Okay, so you and I are ending this episode bickering about the Brian. Disagreeing on the Brian Fulman's firing, and now yeah. we're in the episode about a Super Bowl pick. So you've got Green Bay in Kansas City, a replay of Super Bowl One. I've got LA and Buffalo. Hmm. We'll see who's we, right. We'll see. We we'll, we'll see who's right. Hashtag it won't be you. <laughs> so we, thanks for hopping on, Alex. Uh, we wish the Dolphins well and your coaching shirts and hopefully uh Super Wildcode Weekend is just as crazy and insane as the Week 18 weekend was. Yeah. Always a pleasure to be here, Dylan. Always uh, always fun being on. You know, we've got some uh, fun playoff games coming up to uh, be able to talk about. So I'm excited to watch them, excited to talk about them with you, and excited to be on the show. Pleasure as always. Fins up until next year.